This is a Media Lab podcast. Uh, what the? Kyle, what's all over your walls, man? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in the middle of a police procedural. I'm just taking like bits of red yarn and trying to connect them. There's, I woke up to this and the machine has painted all these weird runes and symbols around my uh, walls here. I, have, I don't know what this means. Hmm. Why is there a piece of somebody's tongue on the floor? That's pretty fucking disgusting, man. You didn't mention it last week. In his own garage, Kyle has built a machine. Cobbled together with parts found in his friend's church basement and a dumpster behind the local Dairy Queen, this monstrosity is now alive and evil. Kyle has convinced his friend Dave to help stop the apocalypse by reviewing films the machine picks. The ultimate purpose is still unknown, and Kyle could have probably done this himself, but he's not being dragged to hell alone. This, this is, is Kyle and Dave, Dave versus, versus the machine. Welcome to Kyle and Dave versus the machine. My name is Kyle. And I'm still Dave. And I'm the machine. A podcast where a sentient machine forces us to watch movies in order to prevent it from initiating the apocalypse. Although we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. For whatever reason, this machine really wants us to talk about the movies from 1999. And today we're going to be watching the film, The Blair Witch Project. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for I'm the opportunity. I'm very glad. This area's been haunted by that old woman for oh, years. Yeah. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. We're I don't. lost. Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. But how do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry and cold and hunted. Just want to apologize to Mike's mom. All right, Dave. I am super interested in knowing what you think about. Oh wait. Oh, we have a we have a knock on our guest door, Dave. It's been a while. You got to fix that thing. It's just right, standing in the middle of the room. Open it up here. Oh, hey guys, how's it going? Whoa. Where are we? <laughs> Hey, you, you, you have traveled to the weirdest place, Canada. We're, we're humble from the UK. Welcome to the colonies. It's a great place to hang out sometimes. Why don't you both introduce yourselves? So we are Whack Chat. It's movie time. Uh, my name is Mitch Slack. I'm Sean Wildham. And we're a movie podcast, basically. Another movie podcast encroaching on our copyright, I should say. But, uh... <laughs> we noticed earlier that you guys like to upload at the same time as us as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, isn't it weird? We, we both decide to release on Fridays. How did you both start your podcast? What's it about? I mean, we, we've attempted something previously, didn't we? Yeah. Where we just thought we'd start a podcast and talk absolute crap yeah. for about an hour and <laughs> um, nothing to do with movies or anything like that my nickname is the claw and then uh, so to niche down a bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. we we need we needed something to claw in on we're both just massive movie fans so yeah we've we've watched a lot of films in the last <laughs> 10 years of our relationship <laughs> yeah so we met in college and uh, Sean got a job at blockbuster nice and, like blockbuster and, video yeah yep exactly oh my gosh that's did my amazing. time <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he basically you got films for free yeah. so he used to get a load of films come around mine and we'd watch films all night <laughs> did That's you awesome. ever like did you branch out like what is the weirdest movie you brought home to watch while you were at blockbuster oh, oh there's been a few it was that um the <laughs> the dull one was weird wasn't it I know what one you're on about. Dead Silence. That's I think it's it. Called. Yeah. yeah, that was Dead weird Silence. It's like killer silence. Little killer um, mannequin doll. Mannequin That's dolls. It. We, oh, we, we, puppet we, dolls. Little puppets. When we branched weird. out, we went through all the genres, and I think we found that the weirdest genre was definitely the horror genre. Oh yeah, horror. That because was awesome. you yeah. notice that there's no budget in horror movies, ge like generically speaking. Very rarely. So there are a lot of movies made yeah. in, a, in the horror bracket that are just not done very well. I'll, I'll posit that there's no movie, be, uh, there's no money because they shouldn't 
be made? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Dave's the critic. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what, what do we really need? We need a bucket of blood. We need some spooky thing. <laughs> yeah. Kids singing a nursery rhyme slowly. Like, that's all you need. That's, that's a horror movie right there. You need a creepy child somewhere, a creepy <laughs> old person, and then you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dave, at least we have a creepy old person on this podcast. Oh, I should ask you, do you have time to watch the Blair Witch Project with us? Indeed. Absolutely. Great. Uh, I want to start with the both of you. What is your history with this movie? Have you seen it before? I've seen it once previously, and I, I'd, I've probably avoided this film for about 15, 15 years. I watched it in the last five years for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I, I probably watched it. Purely because of that, was it a remake that came out or a, a yes. reboot? Yeah, it was a reboot that's, that's in twenty sixteen. That yeah, that's out. what got me to watch the original. Even shakier, <laughs> Blair Witch Two. I've seen, I've seen the nineteen ninety nine. I hate to ask this of you both. What ages were you in nineteen ninety nine? I <laughs> six. I, yeah, I know I would have been <laughs> five. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, fuck. I I was actually the more worried about like I wasn't born in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, don't oh, worry, God. we are 90s babies. It's fine. <laughs> when yeah, we yeah, were yeah. pre-millennial, he a blockbuster. I thought I thought he might be one of us, Kyle. But uh, <laughs> no, so, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. damn it. <laughs> um, and then okay, so when you watched it here in the last five years, was it like a positive feeling that you had for it, or or I don't know, what was your nausea last time you watched it? <laughs> um, I thought it was terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. <laughs> Fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> I I can understand what it's done for the genre, but yeah, it's not a good film. I can't understand either how this costs 60000 to be made. <laughs> yeah, I, I, see, I don't understand the budget, maybe. I, I kind of completely disagree. I actually really like this film. I, I love the fact that it's almost a revolution for these types of movies. You've created a film that has the almost the best return on investment you could in a, in a film it's, yeah, yeah. it's nothing and it's huge it's absolutely massive and i think anyone that loves horror movies or even film in general has heard of the blair witch i definitely think it still has this aura around it like it, people still know what you're talking about even if they have never seen the movie they understand mm -hmm. the blair witch project what that is yeah um and what kind of movie they think they're kind of they, getting into yeah they just start dry heaving on the spot <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how, how about you, Dave? Dave, what is your history with the Blair Witch Project? Yes, please, well, Dave. Our... I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't have one. I, I uh, avoided avoided this. As soon as I heard that you go into a theater and all you smell is puke, I uh, decided that I didn't need it in my life. I also am not a big fan of the horror genre in general. Um, I had a very scarring event when I was a kid. The first horror movie I watched was Pet Cemetery, and that fucked mm. me up so badly. <laughs> uh, I think I was like 10. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, nah, I don't need it. I don't need this shit in my life. And uh, yeah, I mean, you I'm the guy I'd that cried a... in Transformers, so I'm, I'm very sensitive. <laughs> oh, Dave. <Yeah. laughs> You're the you man. would think I'd have a similar <laughs> aversion to horror films in that I, me and my brother, I remember this vividly. I was maybe four years old and snuck out of bed and It was on television, oh. like the uh -oh. Stephen the King miniseries. Oh, God, that, that was a... You scarring memory from my yeah. childhood it's a well-known fact that clowns are the natural enemies of robots how do you feel about clowns now then watching that You're too young <laughs> oh do not like them at all i can barely <laughs> eat at mcdonald's yeah <laughs> so dave have you avoided the horror genre 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 <laughs> the horror genre your entire life i mean you know there's it's crossed over so much where things like i don't know constantine like there's that midway where action mm -hmm. movies are going to the supernatural that stuff's okay but yeah i don't like jump scare shit i don't like the gore i mean every movie's got gore now and thanos mm -hmm. was fucking beheaded in a kid's film so uh <laughs> you know you can't avoid that it's, but, that's um, true that is true right super weird i don't like horror movies yeah okay i don't know what that says about I find that I am better at watching horror films at home because it, I don't know, it takes the scariness away. When I'm in a theater, you know, when we could go to theaters, when I'm in a theater in the darkness and it's like this huge screen, it's like I constantly have to be like kind of looking at the floor and half looking at the yeah. screen. It's like, I know something bad is going to happen. I know something bad is going to happen. And yep. I freak out and like throw my popcorn to the roof. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the, it's a, I'm it's a roller coaster ride with me. I'm the same as you. I feel like mm -hmm. when you watch a film in the cinema, it stays in your mind longer, perhaps because you're just more fixed by what's going on. I think you just, yeah, you do re re remember it more. I feel like horror films need to be watched in the cinema because of that aspect, though. 
Because the whole point of yeah. horror is to make your shit scared, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah. you might as well pay I, I for it literally. Yeah. There's two genres specifically that I think are often made better when seen with the crowd, and that is horror films and comedies, mm-hmm. where you kind of oh, yeah. need to yes. have that communal yeah. aspect to it. Because um, there's movies that I remember laughing like uproariously because of the people that were around me, and then you mm-hmm. watch it at home, it's like, and you do like like a small like half chuckle to yourself because you're not a crazy <laughs> person. <laughs> That's how I feel like watching a lot of stand-up specials. Right, right. Yeah, right. You, you just you watch it. Home, your nose like, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Why are there ten thousand people fucking laughing? That was garbage. <laughs> <too. laughs> yeah. you know that is very true. When you're at a stand-up show, you laugh at everything they say because everyone mm. else is laughing. Mm. And then as soon yeah, as you energy. watch it at home, you are right. You have a little chuckle, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say my history with the Blair Witch Project, I can see, is much more involved than everyone else here on the podcast. So I was getting super into film this would have been right around me turning 16 years old and if you cast your mind back to 1999 this was very early internet the best internet there was this idea that hey there's like this scary movie coming to theaters and it's all true and it's like uh, that's how they were marketing this film it's like this is a true story and this is a true story it was slowly being revealed that that was not entirely true that that was just a marketing trick but it was still the idea like this was made for $60,000. It's getting this wide release. It's getting this good buzz and people are going there. They're scared out of their minds. And I wanted nothing else but to go and see this in a theater. Now, I don't know if you both know this. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you know this either, but my theater in my small town burnt down when I was a small <gasps> kid. So oh, I no. didn't have access to a theater when I was growing up a whole lot. No. But there was this lot. bigger city like about 45 minutes uh, away from us. And I begged my mother to go and see this film. And she said, absolutely not. I am not going to take you to a horror <laughs> I film. I thought you saw this with your mom. I was like, ooh. No. <laughs> Mommy ruined my life. <laughs> I know. I hate you. And I slam my door. Um, yes. So I had to wait a whole like eight or nine months for this to come out on VHS so that we could go and get this and like watch this as a family. That's how oh, no. I, oh, I you did watch it with this. your mom. Oh, wow. Oh, like she was not watching this. She was in the other room, but she put it on. It was like, whatever, come to me if you get scared. And, and I remember it kind of blowing my mind back then because it's like, oh, like this feels like it's real, even though I knew it wasn't like I knew it was not an actual mm-hmm. true story. But it's like it felt real, like they're using these like mini uh, cameras and stuff like that. And um, I can understand what it's like to be lost out in the woods. Uh, and I've and I've come back to it a few times. I if when we watch this, I think this will be my fifth or sixth time that I've actually watched this movie Have over some the years. Respect, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and there's just something there's just something about it that I keep coming to, and I. I'm excited to jump in and talk about it because yeah. I don't know. I have some thoughts on why I think I keep coming back to this film. I'm, I'm on your side, Carl. I think it's just I've yeah. seen I've probably seen it four times, and yeah. I do. I th- I just think it's revolutionary. It's it's it was such a new concept. It was innovative. It was good. Like I I, I know some people that love the horror genre, and they still to this day say that's one of the scariest films they've seen, and it's because it was new. Uh, it yeah. was marketed as real, and when they watched it, they thought it was real. <laughs> and it's stuck with them, you know, their entire life. Well, let's get into it here then. Um, I'm going to go thank some sponsors. Uh, we'll watch the movie. And then when we return, it'll be us talking about The Blair Witch Project. Hi there, Kyle breaking into the episode once again to tell you about some of our great sponsors that keep this show going. It's a spooky time of year. We all know that. And as Halloween encroaches ever closer, hopefully you, your family, your friends are all finding yourselves safe in these uh, pretty trying times. Things are spooky, not just in the films that we're watching, but in the reality that we live in. Might I suggest, if you are gonna do the Halloween trick-or-treating here this year, to do what my friend has done and get a huge PVC tube so you can launch small chocolate bars at children without actually having to uh, get up close to them. Plus, if things ever get back to normal, think of the huge spitballs you can do. But I should tell you that Kyle and Dave versus the Machine is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. The Alberta Podcast Network promotes and supports Alberta-made podcasts and connects their audiences with Alberta-based businesses and organizations. This week, we are brought to you by a very apropos sponsor, the Alberta Forest Products. 
Just remember to make the proper offerings to the witch before you trek out into Alberta forests. Otherwise, an untimely end is in your future. Let's hear from the Alberta Forest Products now. Alberta's forests matter to all of us. That's why Alberta's forest industry works to keep them sustainable now and for future generations. By planning 200 years ahead, helping control the spread of fire and disease, and planting and nurturing two trees for every one harvested, we keep our forests standing strong. To learn more about how our forests take care of us and how we take care of them, visit loveabforests.com. This episode of Kyle and Dave vs. the Machine is also brought to you by the Calgary Foundation. Whether it's funding anti-racism programs, addiction recovery, or food hampers for the hungry, for 65 years, the Calgary Foundation has proudly supported the charitable community to address some of Calgary's biggest challenges. Now, during this period of unprecedented urgent needs, Calgary Foundation renewed its commitment to building a healthy, vibrant, giving, caring, and resilient community. If you're a registered charity looking for a grant, a professional advisor creating a giving plan for your client, or a donor wanting to give back to community, discover a wealth of resources at calgaryfoundation.org and learn more about their work through Calgary Foundation's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, there it is. I, Dave, I saw you trembling. I, oh. I know you got a little bit scared. Or was that I, just you like ready to throw up? I, uh, I have to throw up. It's not just the motion sickness. What a fucking terrible movie. Yeah. All right. Well, I have a feeling we're going to be a, maybe a fight on this podcast. <laughs> Non-spoilery as possible. Mitch and Sean, what are your immediate reactions to seeing the Blair Witch Project in the year 2020? I brought a bucket uh, if you need it. So, oh, thank you. I'll probably will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch this film again. <laughs> That'll probably be we'll the. Watch, uh, we won't watch it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be the last time I um, watch this film, personally. Sure. This film's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely could watch this a couple of times and be totally fine with it. I, I yeah. like it. It's, it's also it's something that can be recreated. So, as, as I've said, it, it is innovative. And even though, you know, now in 2020 we can re-watch that film and know that it inspired so many other films it's great there's definitely like the meta narrative that you can talk about about like how this inspired so many other things for me i think that that is part of it because i was so into like the marking of this film and like wanting to go and see it there's always going to be like that special part of it in my life mm. your life has been very very sad I, I was thinking about it while i was watching it this time and i think part of it is that because it is so low budget, I think I forgive it for so many things that if this was a higher budget movie, I'd be way more critical of. Sure. It's because of that low budget nature that it also feels a little bit more, I know, intimate, real. I don't know how else you want to say it. So that it was a lot of, we have $60,000 to spend. So how do we make a movie for $60,000? And there's just something, I don't know, charming about that. But I feel is that I'm going to be defending this movie a lot on this podcast. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that this is my in my top 50 horror films of all time. It doesn't even come close. <laughs> could but there you is name a charm 50 to horror it. films? I, I probably could if I really got into it. I'm sure I could make up. <laughs> I bet a Dave couldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> top? No. I'd list yeah. them all at the bottom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just I was gonna quip quickly, Kyle, when you're describing how it's charming because of low budget. I thought you were talking about our friendship. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> Well, we'll get into a little bit more of this here, but let's do some backstory here then. The cool. Blair Witch Project was released on July 14th, 1999. The only other, I would say, major release that happened on that same day was Muppets from Space, directed by Tim Hill, written by Frederick Raphael, starring Frank Oz, Brian Henson, David Gills, and Steve Whitmer. Uh, anyone... Why didn't we watch that, Kyle? That would have been <laughs> that, a fundamentally better movie. That might be even more scary than Blair Witch Project, <laughs> even. <laughs> more realistic i think no so <laughs> this is where i think it gets super interesting so currently the blair witch project is rated 6.5 on imdb 81 on metacritic and when you fuck? jump over to rotten tomatoes based on 162 critics it's rated 86 percent that is high and when you go to the users though of 401,943 of them they rated a 56 percent so that is a huge well, swing between critics and the people who actually went to it. 
I like how it's proportional to the four of us. Yeah, yeah, really fifty yeah, percent divide. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, available on DVD or Blu-ray. You can buy or rent it on iTunes. You can also rent it on Google Play or YouTube. And it's available to stream in Canada on both Prime or on this app called Stars. Stars. Which apparently, like, every one of our films has been on here recently, <laughs> somehow. We're hoping to get we're hoping to get sponsorship, but they have not been returning our calls. <laughs> Stars, give us a sponsorship. We, we talk about your... Your great app, I mean, every single episode. Um, its budget, as we've mentioned here already, was $60,000, but it opened to $1.5 million. Domestically, it would make one hundred and forty. dollars Internationally, it would make another hundred and eight. So it went away with $248 million, which, if you want to do the math, is 5,000 times its return <laughs> like, per its budget. Quick okay. note on my research. The actors made yeah. $500. Yeah, so I there can, should be a lawsuit. Yeah. Out. Oh and, my uh, god! <laughs> I did not know and, that, yeah. and that is painful. Yeah. The 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 studio walked away with this money. Like no, they were laughing. Geez. And uh, I think the post production budget is close to a million. Like after they went for reshoots and editing, I think it says right, right, like right. seven hundred thousand dollars. But um, the story is a bucks. better story. Yeah, oh, <laughs> frightening. That's, that's hurtful. This, yeah, this feels all again like Hillary Swank making three thousand dollars for Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like wow. <laughs> um, At least she got a she got a statue though. Yes, its plot description from IMDb is: Three film students vanish after traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only their footage behind. Can we all Literally. agree? By the way, even though I like this movie, can we all agree that the documentary they were making would have been absolutely terrible? Fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. How are they film students? students. It, yeah. Anyways, they just argued that's, the that's entire a, trip. <laughs> I know. So it stars Heather Donahue as Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard as Joshua Leonard, and Michael Williams as Michael Williams. <laughs> Do we have anything to say about those actors and their like? future careers because yes. i think i there's yeah. only one thing i can tell you that these people have appeared in after this you've literally been in nothing so uh none of them have careers except for is it joshua one guy remained in hollywood he's married yeah. to allison pill so good for really him. oh i didn't oh, know yeah. that. that's cool and the other two well the fascinating thing about 250 million dollars is this uh so they their shit their their careers Hollywood wise were broken by this movie. They never well, got a second chance. I but. remember watching a documentary specifically about this. I, I again I don't know how much this is like Hollywood legend true whatever. Because the studio went all in on the fact that these people actually died, it was hard for them to get jobs because people thought they were actually dead. Well, the, <laughs> and the weird thing <laughs> that I lying. read was uh, what, what's the woman's name Heather? Heather. Like, yeah. She apparently was uh, accosted on the streets yeah. by strangers. And she like, was not it's treated a very nicely. Movie, people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if you turned, if everyone thought you dead and you just turned up to one of the studios and went, boom, here I am, <laughs> yeah, right, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. they'd go, we need you in a film now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hold my calls, Linda. Slam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I found on Wikipedia that's interesting is Heather now grows medicinal marijuana. So sure. good for her. Why not? And uh, that's that is a, a transition. Dream. That's a boom industry, so I think she's doing okay. <laughs> she was on an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I saw that credit, so yeah, I'll give so her credit for that That's credit, the only thing I remember them ever being in besides Great this show. movie. I, didn't, um, I don't remember them. And then the in guy, that. what's the guy's name? Uh, J- Josh? There's Joshua Leonard and Michael Williams. I can't remember which one, but one of them is a guidance counselor. So, oh, really? Look at yeah, that, see? Nice Hollywood. The Blair Witch ended. scared him so much. Yeah, yeah, he really? never went back. He never, well, are you going to talk about how they shot this movie? Because there's something to that too. With some yeah, PTSD there's yeah. stuff. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, oh I, there, there is. They, they, <laughs> this would be very weird. problematic if people made this film the way they made it uh, back then. But we'll get to that. Uh, this was written and directed by Daniel Murek and Eduardo Sanchez. Uh, the quick rundown of that is that Daniel Murek had written for this TV series called Split Screen. And him and Eduardo Sanchez collaborated on just this movie and then seemed to kind of split away and do other things after that. Mirak has directed some other horror films. His last credit was for something called Skyman uh, that supposedly came out this year. I'm like, I'm sure it did, but it's available on video on demand. But its plot description is this. It's the story of Carl Merriweather, who believes he experienced an alien encounter at 10 years old and is now trying to reconnect with the UFO at the same location. 
And then nope. Sanchez took to directing TV. So he's worked on the From Dust Till Dawn series, Lucifer, The Inbetweens, uh, Supernatural, and Queen of the South. And there is a film called Bloody Mary that is currently in pre-production, but has no plot description. So they're so still he's, working. He's done they're quite still a lot making then. movies. He's done quite a lot for TV. Yeah, like a ton of TV stuff. Like That's basically where he's basically mm. uh, stayed in. Well, let's get into uh, some spoilers here. Um, well, spoilery as much as we can. Let's start with the negative opinions here that are that are in the room. What what doesn't work for you with this movie? Um, nothing happens. Literally, yeah, nothing no, they, happens. Um, I can't necessarily disagree with that, but uh, <laughs> with a little asterisk you, beside you, it, you just find that you you just sit in there and you're waiting for the scare and it never comes, and then it just ends on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I, it's really boring. It's a really, it's the sort of film you can turn on and you'll end up just missing half of it because you just lose attention because it's just boring because nothing happens. I think it's funny you say that because the first time I watched it, I couldn't stop watching it. And I think it was because there was so much suspense throughout the film. I was like, it's gonna, it's gonna give it to me at some point. Just make me jump. Show me it. Just come on and it, it never comes you're right so <laughs> yeah. i do kind of i get the negative side but that suspense killed me the whole way through the film that, that definitely is my experience for the first time too and i think for me i think that there is a lot of sound design in this film that if you like crank your sound system a bit like there's it's these not weird cries in the background and like weird children singing and like old crones laughing and all this other stuff. So it's all this imaginary stuff. It's a, what a lot of people tell you to do in horror films, which is like yeah. build that suspense. Don't show anything until you absolutely have yeah. to. It's like the there old is, Jaws there are technique. Sounds, there right? are sounds of twigs like snapping outside the tent and the reverb mm. is cranked up so loud in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, whoa. And not to step on your toes here, Dave, because you were really you were texting me while we were watching this movie, even though we were sitting right beside each other. And um, <laughs> like you mentioned how like fuzzy things are and how like out of focus they are. I mean, again, I, I it's just weird because I just have the opposite uh, opinion of that. I, I find that to be a bit charming because I'm thinking like this would have been the early advent of digital videography, which in 1999 may have been at 720p i don't even know if it would have been that high it might have been 480 actually what this movie was released in yeah so i don't know what output that actually would have been as far as resolution goes so yeah that's why everything is a little bit under focused in this entire movie it was in a time when nobody nobody knew what resolution meant i still don't you just turned on your fucking tv and shut the hell up and just watched it right uh true but no i hated it i hate all of it i it made me nauseous. If hypothetically I watched this by myself, uh, I couldn't hear anything. I kept turning away because I was going to throw up. And uh, I thought the people are fucking obnoxious. I didn't understand why they stayed in the forest. And by the end, uh, I just, I think I tried to turn the movie off. Let's say hypothetically Dave, Dave, four can times. You give me, can you give me one singular positive of this movie? Uh, it ended. It was short. <laughs> it was only 80 minutes of my life. Uh... <laughs> I will say, I mean, I mean, the sound design was awful. Like I could hear fucking crickets, but I couldn't hear what anybody was saying, which is yeah, just fine. fucking weird. When I turned the movie off, I did get a little bit of a sense of a heebie-jeebie because my whole condo was black. And then I realized, uh, so stupid because it's a stupid movie and I just get on with my life. Just, uh, <laughs> just fuck off, right? Uh, I, I think if I didn't get motion sickness uh, so easily, I might have... Yeah. Uh, probably just hated it more. I, I was going to say that because <laughs> I, I know that this movie is often referred to as like the almost the advent of the shaky cam, and I don't actually find Greengrass. it all that shaky in this movie. This is what? not. This is not like Paul Greengrass like just going around shaking the camera for no Are you reason. Cr- this is why you wear glasses. I don't think you're actually watching the movie. I, the whole there isn't what, a single when, when they're moment. when they're running absolutely, but when they're just walking around, like it's not like they're like all over the place. Like the with, high eight camera. stuff is. Yeah, she's just sitting there like this with her fucking camera, and they're trying to talk. She's I, nervous. I, I just she's nervous, Dave. Audio. Leave her alone. <laughs> well, just a quick, just a quick uh, trivia thing. When they so. They cast this movie in like a classified section of a magazine in, in uh, Maryland or something. <laughs> right. That's how Meryl Streep was discovered, I think. And when she got cast, they gave her a two-day prep on how to use a camera. Mm. And you can tell because she didn't know oh, sure. what she was yeah. fucking doing. Yeah, it was just 
Like she just said it like this, and uh, I hated it. I hated all of it. And she got five hundred dollars. She did get five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, she earned her. She earned her five five bills. Yeah, it's awful. Um, <laughs> it's I, I awful think that's also part of it because I don't really get motion sickness. Uh, other movies. The only the only found footage film I ever have actually was Cloverfield. Cloverfield. I got sick in the. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel the same. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the in the theater, I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up." But that's literally <laughs> the only one I've ever felt that way. I feel like I'm gonna throw up now just thinking about um, it. So, so uh, here's here's my first defense, which is I actually think that this movie is structured really interestingly. Uh, it actually makes me recall a lot of the really early Universal horror films. In that, there's always a scene. It's like I can go no further because that is like Dracula's domain. And like, you know what I mean? There's like, they always have like the weird yeah. uh, village people that are coming out there and telling him yeah. about what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happens here too. She goes around, talks to some of like the, the townspeople. They meet those two people in the river. Like, and like, don't go in there. Like I've heard that weird things happen. Like it's, it's up to you if you want to, but I wouldn't go in there if I were you. And then they decide to do, and they, they cross that threshold. He's like, you I, kids I'll will just never quickly learn. interject. That was with the one positive moment is when the baby tries to shut the mom's mouth because yeah, she's getting good. creeped. That was probably the scariest part of the whole movie. Do you know? That felt very real. Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually convinced that, that they went around and there were some actors in that, but I think that might have been a real townsperson that was just holding a baby. <laughs> or talking they held about it the until Blair it Witch. cried and told her to shut up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's possible. I actually feel like that that whole like beginning section of them like getting ready, going, talking, filming their like documentary before they go into the woods. If those are actors, like good job acting like actual real people, because I've talked to old men that like act exactly like that old man oh, does. Crazy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. I I liked. I actually liked the way that because they're kind of like students in it, aren't they? Or they mm. just they want to do a documentary. I like the fact that it was shown to be so amateur. So even, oh, yeah. at the be- even at the beginning, like random shots were shot in black and white. <laughs> just like for no reason. Oh. There's, no, there's no reason for it. They've just gone black and white. <laughs> and then, As a person who had to sit through many a student film when I went to university, boy, is that accurate. Oh, yeah. random black and white because you think you're being artful, I guess. Exactly. Like this. It's, it happens all Monochrome. the time. Yeah, yeah, it is so art. I respected that. I thought it was quite well, well thought. Or that, or because she'd only had two days of training. <laughs> yeah, right. right. For two days training, it's great. Well, <laughs> uh, I, the, the, the negative that I will say for the movie that always gets my goat, boy, do they go unprepared into the woods. And as someone who has lived near the woods like that for many, many years, it's like, what a bad idea to go in there with no plan and not knowing how to get out. Uh, but more than that, what I think is the bigger feeling of this movie is my feeling here is that the movie is trying to argue like that the witch is actually obscuring their way out and like changing mm-hmm. things around but because they're so bad at orient orienteering and navigating the woods right. that it doesn't feel like that it just feels like they're lost in the woods yeah. for for most of this movie um where i think if they had been good at orienteering and then things started being weird and awkward that i think would have been a bigger impact for yeah, me yeah i see as yeah. a viewer otherwise it's just like they are literally just lost in the woods and there's no yeah. paranormal thing happening here one other quick piece of trivia just because uh we brought up that there's no real reveal apparently there was supposed to be a scene where a person was dressed up as the witch mm-hmm. but the cameraman forgot to pan to it and so they just <laughs> left it out of the movie who here hasn't made that mistake that's yeah i am um, uh, tells I you everything this, you know about this, the blair witch project yeah this uh, is a funny story i um i mentioned this to mitch when I said it to him, he was like, oh, was, um, was that the scene on like the third or fourth night when they get out of the tent? And it's literally, Mitch was, what did you say? It was, um, I said, it, there's, there's a bit where she goes, oh shit, what was that? And I was like, I bet it's that scene there. And that yeah. was the first thing yeah. I said to you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, 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 he kind of goes like that and then it goes bang and they start running and you, you, you just miss it. Maybe they should have done a bit of rehearsal on this movie really is what they should have done probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would have redone you guys- the shot, surely. Did you guys read about how it was shot? Like how creepy the whole thing was set up? No. Um, so, the, the directors played about with him a lot, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. And, appa- and apparently the listing was for an improv thing. So there's no lines that were actually written for them. So they okay. were given character cues and then dropped off in this forest. And so yeah, that, and that makes sense. So- that makes sense because of the way, the way they interact is quite, is quite offhand, isn't it? You can yeah. tell it's not scripted. A bit like yeah. um, Tropic Thunder. 
<laughs> right, yeah, yeah, just drop it in the middle of the book. I, I, I mean, script, I, script read there, I know that there are some moments of them, like, in the tent where they did not know the directors were going to come and, like, screw yeah. with them and stuff like that. So that's actual real terror that they are oh. actually going through at that point. Uh, which is bucks. not a cool thing to do for $500, I would oh. say. <laughs> Psychopaths. <laughs> like psychopathic filmmaking. The thing that still works for me a lot is actually the very end. I know you both said that like nothing happens, but the fact that they set that up so well about like, hey, this witch disembowels them. She puts the, the kids in the corner. They sit there and kills them all like one by one. I kind of love that that's how it ends. A guy standing on the wall, you know, cut to black, basically, as you think something's about to happen sort of thing. Baby should have starred in this movie. The witch wouldn't have been able to get her. If I were me, though, because of how they were marking this film, boy, does it hurt the illusion when it like goes there, cuts the black and is like written and directed by these people. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> I, want them to hide, I want them to hide that fact a little bit more that this is <laughs> written and directed by somebody. He launched the camera at the guy, knocked him out, <laughs> that's right, grabbed that's right. it, run out and quickly uploaded it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you could probably have a much more interactive fiction with this sort of idea now with everything being instant. Yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. what I said. Like, I mean, to just jump off on that point for a bit, I mean, definitely found footage films had their day in the sun and I don't think they're made all that much anymore, mm. but you would think that there would be like an explosion now with like literally everybody in their pocket having something that can shoot basically 4k footage. But isn't that what <laughs> you, Instagram is? It's just everybody wants found footage of themselves in a bikini. I mean, that's the whole idea. It's just mm -hmm. nobody's dying yet. <laughs> Although there are, well, I saw the live feed of Lebanon, not to get too political, but mm -hmm. you know, that shit was on Instagram that's, and YouTube, that, like the moment it happened, that's some scary shit, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just look at cats. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me in my bubble. <laughs> I, actually, this is, this is the real question that I had that I wrote down. Found footage is primarily, and I can't even think of a counterexample. So if you do, like, let me know, is primarily a horror genre thing. But I don't think that found footage necessarily needs to be a horror genre. So why do you think that that was the one genre that decided to go with it? Nobody will pay them to make this piece of shit. So it's be <laughs> yeah, done it's low budget. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's partly true. Yeah, low budget. Uh, good question. I mean, that's one to think about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, guess I guess the, the one one that is not technically horror, like straight up horror, is Chronicle. Hmm. That's the only one I could think of. That but, uh, that's, but a, that's good film. a superhero film. That's I actually quite like that footage. film. It's like a dark. Yeah, being real scares you more. So found footage is the most real it gets and you don't really need that in any other genre where's where's my found footage romantic comedy that's what i want <laughs> i was literally just thinking the same thing imagine a romance film oh i love you <laughs> <laughs> right, just like zoom in. i think the closest uh, you'll get of found footage in other genres is those films that have been coming out where it's just like the webcam of like social media and yeah. stuff like that with, with, with searching with searching, John Cho, yeah, I that's think, it. Right? yeah yeah yeah, there's a, few, there's a few of them now, isn't there? I, I think, though, and this is my other main argument for this, is I think that maybe a lot of that has been migrated over to YouTube and Instagram. YouTube more primarily, I think. You have those people who do, like, 40-minute long documentaries every, like, one or two weeks on their channels, mm -hmm. and they go and interview people and stuff because it's so easy for, like, consumers to go and get quality video for not like a huge amount of money so i think that this type of thing is just navigating over over to there and I, that's what youtube has always been able to sell is like this is real this feels more intimate like this is yeah. real people talking and stuff like that so i don't know if it necessarily needs to be in films necessarily anymore sure well it's just, yeah i mean e even there are youtube channels that are solely for horror aren't they true like yeah. people do um unboxing of scary things or they do ghost reveals in their households where they <laughs> and it, it is yeah it's just it, i guess it's easy it's that's not on my algorithm <laughs> yeah. thank god but yeah. hey uh, guys <laughs> hey guys don't forget to rate comment and subscribe by the way special guest the blair witch is here all right <laughs> <laughs> imagine you... if dave's door just goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. uh you know what found footage I got into? I spent 20 minutes on YouTube watching someone power clean a dirty car seat. And uh, I fucking watched the whole thing. So uh, there are other genres. Yeah. It's fascinating. I think this is more about you, Dave, than anything else. But... I'll send it. You should watch it. It's riveting. Mm -hmm. Link in the description below. That's right. We, we, I will. I will. That's a, that's a threat. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> 
I want to ask the question that we sometimes ask on this show uh, when I don't forget to. What would you think you would have thought in 1999 versus now? Like, Dave, if you went and saw this movie in 1999, would you have the exact same interpretation, do you think? Or would you have had something different to say? I'd probably thrown up more. I don't know. I mean, I, this, this is the thing, though. For me, I don't like this genre in any of its form, blockbuster or, you know, low-budge indie. So I don't, I don't, I have a very biased opinion, which is that they all suck. It's hard to picture, you know, when I'm 99, I'm 20 or something, 21. Yeah, I don't know if I would appreciate any of it. I do remember, though, the hype, like you were talking about, Kyle, and the people that I knew that were into this sort of thing were losing their minds because of the way it was marketed and yeah, it is obvious that if this thing's getting a, a theatrical distribution that it's not real, but they, you know, reading up, they actually had these actors essentially go into hiding and, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, they pitched it as missing, missing cast members. Uh, so if you're like, into yeah, that, this was, people would have liked this it. This was definitely something that came at exactly the right time. Because even two years later, the internet had, it was too ever present for this to actually work if this was tried today like it would be debunked in 20 minutes as soon as the the the, uh, trailer came out type of thing right so this is very much of its time people believe that cell networks cause viruses to spread so i don't know about that i don't think you can make it exactly the same way nowadays either there would have to be something else that they brought to it rather than just people lost in the woods wandering around improving their way out of it as kids as, as five and six years old what would you have thought had you gone and actually seen this movie <laughs> um at six years old i'd have been terrified <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't saw muppets that year so that was probably the better choice <laughs> that's for me right. that's right it would have been uh his mom would have come up and seen him just staring into the corner of his room like nope, <laughs> nope. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's oh, <laughs> fucking weird, actually. That, that comment's scarier than this movie. I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry I said it. <laughs> if if I'm looking objectively, if it like from 1999, just just pretend I was in of sound mind to watch the movie. Yeah, I'd I'm sure it would scare people a lot more then than it would now, because now there have been a lot of recreations. There have been other movies now that have that have been made pretty much the same way, just with better sound and better mm-hmm. camera quality this is the movie that launched like a thousand imitators but even itself like there was the sequel that came out I've which is first i know sequel <laughs> which i i have no desire to ever see it to be honest that's the weird thing is like as much as i like this but like i don't really need to go and revisit a sequel and know more about the blair witch but from what i understand the sequel is not found footage at all it's like a straight ahead movie that's awful like it's like everyone hates oh, okay. it <laughs> Critics and right. people hated it. And then there was yeah, the reboot that was like a surprise where it was a trailer. play. I forget where it was. It was like not Comic-Con, but something like that, where it was trailer playing, playing. And they kind of show some scenes and it was like Blair Witch is, is what came at the very end. But it mm-hmm. kind of came and went with like little to no fanfare. I don't think it's very highly regarded either. So, again, I think this is really one of those movies that like jumped into the zeitgeist and then kind of just disappeared. But people kind of still remember it for. For what it but was. As you said, it was perfect timing, and that's probably yeah. why number two and the reboot just haven't done well. But mm-hmm. it's been done. And it was good for what it was. Leave it there. We're noticing 299 as we do this podcast, a lot of trope defining films this year. I mean, like you got The Matrix, you got Fight Club, you got I I can't even remember what we've watched this year. We've watched so many mm-hmm. movies. And there's a lot of uh trash, garbage and fucking just flaming piles of shit as well in this year but <laughs> yeah. um you know i will give blair witch this due as you guys are exactly talking about um it spawned shaky cam movies mm-hmm. whether they're technically uh found footage or not but you know yeah like why is this in horror it's because they want you to think this could actually happen to you otherwise it's not scary and uh yeah. so i don't i don't watch them because yeah. i don't want to know I, what could happen i guess that's kind of part of the reason why I'm so sucked into this is that because it the the conceit here is that these are people going out and they're filming it because they're like these film students and stuff. There is that intimacy there and it feels a little bit more real. Um, and I think that that is what they're always striving to do when either it is a found footage or it's a shaky cam. My issue, uh, to, we keep bringing him up, <laughs> which is Paul Greengrass, which is like Paul the biggest like poster child for like the Son shaky cam thing is that Fuck. that is like, I don't know. It feels Ugh. fake to me because he's like trying to feel Bay like intimate, like shaky <laughs> things. And it never comes off as well as an actual like, hey, I'm filming this 
they should just have someone do an entire film with someone shooting in portrait mode because that's basically what it would be nowadays <laughs> if someone was out in the woods. So imagine if they shot the Matrix in there. <laughs> yeah, that, you know what? Like if they had done Matrix in uh, found footage, that'd have been that'd have to been clarify. Something. That is my favorite movie of all time. I just want to the say Matrix? that Matrix is yeah. Oh yeah, it's still it's holds up. My number that's one. the most incredible part. Is I, I, it doesn't yeah. feel old. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. I was thinking actually while watching this too about, yes, it was innovative for the time, but I'm thinking like of other filming tricks that you could use in this style. Like if you were trying to make something, a, a ghost story, lost in the woods film, people are just using either their cell phones or their cameras they're bringing into it. Like what kind of filming tricks could you use that could still be scary? And then I remembered, have any of you uh, talking here right now seen the movie The Vast of Night? It's well, on Amazon. It. No, it's I... on Amazon Prime here in North America, at least. I don't know if it is that way internationally. Okay. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because there's a really interesting reveal that happens. I'm not going to be spoilery, but one of the characters is a radio DJ, and he's having this really intimate conversation with a with a call-in person halfway through the film when things are starting to get really real. And what the film does, and I think this is so brilliant, and maybe other people think it's really hackneyed. But the screen actually fades out to black. So you're just listening to the conversation without any visuals being on screen whatsoever. And what it forces you to do is like to really pay attention to what people are saying because there's no other visuals to distract you. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, what an interesting way to do that for a horror film where it's like at one point you could go to black and hear some stuff going on. And not just screams and stuff, but actual like use some cool sound design and, and stuff like that. And like, I don't know if I've ever seen a horror film attempt that before but i'm hoping someone does because i think it's a cool idea that someone could play around with yeah i i agree and I, I, I know a lot of them use the old drop the camera don't they so you can't right. see anything but you can hear stuff happening around and you're just waiting for something to jump in front of the camera but yeah no yeah. I, that's 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 a cool uh, a cool notion as more and more of these found footage films were made uh the more i watched them the bigger of a critic I became with like, why do you have the camera still? Like there comes a point. It's like, why yeah. don't you just drop it and run sure. away yeah. Yeah. from this? Like, I don't sure. get why you still have the camera uh, again. Cloverfield, even though I do kind of like Cloverfield, there is a point where I get totally sucked out of the movie. It's like, uh, the batteries would have run out by now. And like, why are you still filming? And I get like super pretentious about it. So you've not got your charger on you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it's the same thing as like how they always have to deal with most horror films now with cell phones. Like, oh, I can't get a signal, even though yeah, it's like yeah. in the middle of a city. It's like, no, there's no signal here, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, though, what is the deal with the cell reception in this house? This is how I felt throughout watching this trash mm -hmm. heap is uh, why does she still need to record? And they, they bring it up. I mean, they yeah, fight about at it. At least they uh, talk about it, which is like yeah. they never talk about it in the subsequent films uh, uh, to this. I but. found her. I found her grading. And I know that's maybe the point, but that was the other problem with this movie. I, I couldn't watch these well, kids. The, the other big themselves. thing that I, I remember, just, I hated the, the big thing I remember reading about this, I think it was last year, like uh, 2019, because they were doing like write-ups of like the 20 year anniversary of all these films that had come out in 1999. And I remember reading something about the Blair Witch about how there was a longer cut. And I'm actually glad they cut it down to 80 minutes. because I don't think it needs to be longer than 80 minutes, so <laughs> to be fair. Not. Definitely not. Is that apparently there's a bunch of footage with the guys also being like huge jerks and like also awful that they kind of cut all that out of and basically made her kind of the stand in bad villain person. or bad yeah. person. So a lot of that is because they cut out all the other scenes that showed the guys being just as bad and wrong as she was. Yeah, but I didn't understand that's not, that's the scene the where you find out where you find out that one of the guys has just decided to kick the map into the creek. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I even whilst I was watching that, I was thinking to myself, why? Like if if you did it yeah, as why? a joke or whatever, you just say it straight away. You're like, oh god, it was just a joke. Sorry. So, because so, the the map wasn't working, Mitch, I didn't need it. <laughs> By the way, this is this is a a clear memory I have as my dad was in the room while I was watching this movie, and he gave me this little uh, pearl of wisdom. So, if you ever find yourself lost out in the woods, and there is a river right next to it, follow the river because the river is eventually <laughs> going to run into a city or a town. It'll, it'll run always, through it. Yeah, it'll run through it. So the it's river like will run through it. 
just yeah, they keep, over the they keep river. hopping over though. They keep hopping they keep over. They keep hopping over it and like walking <laughs> away from it. It's like, no, just follow the river. You'll get and then turning around. It's great how often they talk about not wanting to walk on logs over rivers, and that's all they do in this fucking <laughs> they just they constantly find logs to 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 walk, walk over it's it's awful yeah. it's impressive <laughs> yeah it is, actually it is impressive i think i would i would have totally uh yeah split a couple of oh, times okay. on those fucking things yeah we're done here all right well the the machine has told us that we need to wrap this up here um i guess any any final thoughts on on this film that anyone wants to bring up okay i'll i'll start and say that i actually yeah i i do genuinely like this film i don't think it's something i could watch many more times as it has been recreated it has been redone but i yeah i do i do think it was innovative and it was revolutionary and i can only thank the guys who decided to go and do it because you you brought us so much more i I wonder too like if because it got so successful that there is going to always be that backlash when things get super successful like had this been released to theaters and nobody went and saw it and then you uncovered it 20 years later there'd be all these writers about like actually there's a little horror film that was made for sixty thousand dollars is actually pretty good i guarantee you that someone would write that like little essay up online but the fact that it was such a big deal i think just so many more eyeballs came to it and then there's going to be so many more um critics of what's going on but that's that's what i'm hoping will happen when people find the zoom footage (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this, actually, these guys yeah. are onto something. There was something. When, when the aliens attack, it's only going to be this video that survives, and that's the whole entertainment. People yeah. Why weren't there more subscribers? I mean, this shit is gold. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dead and gone now, but <laughs> that damn machine. You watch your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking machine. We need to rate this film somehow, Dave. So people can go over to our letterbox page if they want to see like our full ratings of all the films that we've seen. That's letterboxd.com slash KDVSTM. KDVSTM is, of course, also our social media handle on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to help support us, we do have a new Patreon page that we just started here. So if you want to go over to patreon.com slash Kyle and Dave versus the machine, I tried to get a longer URL and they just would not let me. So you can go over there and help support us over there. Uh, and if you have any feedback, by all means, you can also email us at Kyle and Dave VS the machine at gmail.com. Also, if you want to do something for free, you can also rate us and review us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. For our guests, I always hate saying this, but no, you don't. Uh, you Sean and Mitch, it. Sean and Mitch I, I want to know what you would rate this film, but your ratings do not matter. But we, <laughs> we still love to hear them. Uh, what, would you, what would you rate this film out of five? I would definitely say my rating very much matters. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I would probably asshole. give this... I'd probably give this movie. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Okay. I'll give it. Um, I would say a one, but I'll give it a one point five, and that's purely because Ooh. the acting is average. I think most people could probably do it. Um, the yeah. cinematography is all over the place, as you know, Dave agrees with. Um, <laughs> it's not got much of a story, really. There's not much going on, and it's not scary. And horrors are supposed to be scary. The whole point I go and watch a horror is to be scared. And um, it failed to do that. So um, I would not recommend this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do not recommend Stamp has been placed here. <laughs> Dave, hit me. I, I pretty much know what your rating is going to be. But tell me what your rating is going to be here, Dave. Sure. Give it a five. Um, <laughs> yeah, just flip the script. How about a five? Uh, actually, a five. Boom, I, I like. my favorite. You really movie. convinced me, actually. <laughs> yeah, th- this uh, this conversation has convinced me to lower my score. What is our lowest? Can I go to point five? Point no, five is the lowest technically because they won't let me rate it zero on Letterboxd. Okay. I'm going to give it a point five because I think I think that uh, this should be stricken from the annals of history. I think uh, I think this is an awful thing that occurred. And, and it's genre defining and uh, and people might like it but uh, those people are incompetent because uh, this movie's awful so I'm, I'm gonna go with a point five here is where i think you're totally <laughs> off base here dave is that at a certain point i think you do need to come at a film on its own terms a little bit this being basically a student film that we're watching yes you don't have to like it necessarily but i think giving it the lotus rating is a little bit uh ludicrous in my opinion <laughs> but that's because i also like this movie uh i like i said at the very beginning this is not a movie that is like on the top of my list this is not going to be even in like my top 50 horror films of all time but it's a movie that'll pop in every so often 
uh, and probably take a watch of it again. So, and I've rewatched it multiple times in, in my life. So I'm giving it the somewhat solid rating of 3.5 out of 5. Respect. What that does mean is that through the laws of averages, that gives it a 2 on our ratings, uh, which makes it tie with one other film, Dave, which is the comedy, I'm going to put that in quotes, comedy superstar. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Personally, I would rate this above that movie, but what do you think, Dave? <laughs> it seems like Dave's a bit of a cynic here, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, can, I, can I just say, this is uh, peeking behind the curtain here right now. The average Dave rating for this season is yes. 2.7. <laughs> and, and the average, Dave, and the average Kyle rating, the average Kyle rating is 3.3. And I'll leave that what, what you want to make of it. <laughs> it means it means that I have taste, Kyle. It means that I have uh, yeah, yeah. It means that I have uh, lines that I will not cross. This is a tough one because I, I definitely hated Blair Witch more, but Superstar is such a piece of crap. Like it's just not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and it hasn't influenced culture at all. It yeah, just, I think it that you have to, to put exist. this just because of how yeah. it influenced it. Yeah. Whether you like the movie or not, like it is more culturally relevant than Superstar is ever going to be. I, at this point, I just want to like put my fingers in my armpits just to uh, <laughs> just to fight back. No, you're right. I, I'll allow. <laughs> I, I will I'll allow, allow you to uh, place the Blair Witch above Superstar. Uh, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> Entering the list at our number 32 position is the Blair Witch Project. Well, I guess that means that we get to find out what we're watching next week. And Sean and Mitch, it's so lucky that you get to be here to see what is revealed here for next week. Let me push this button here. Drum roll. And oh, well, a horror movie that I think that Dave is going to like more. Uh, just in time for Halloween, we're going to be watching The Sixth Sense. Oh, oh nice. Uh, you'll love it. Yeah. yeah. Mitch, and, it. Mitch and Sean, what are your uh, impressions of The Sixth Sense, if you have seen it? Yes. I, I, this is a fantastic movie. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a great film. Uh, I don't know if it still holds up as good today. I think people find it a lot more obvious today when they see it. Right. But you'll, it's, a, it's a top film. Really good. One of M. Night Shyamalan's rare gems. <laughs> it is oh, kind of true at this point, yeah. I like that you can pronounce his last name. I mean, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the English education, right? Because uh, I can't. <laughs> I can hardly read it. Yeah, like the uh, the movie's been troped and memed and quoted so oh, often yeah. that there's no spoiler. But not, uh, not to spoil our conversation for next week, we'll pick it up when we talk about it. I have the opinion, and maybe I'll be proved wrong, that this is like the start of child actors actually being good. Where yeah, <laughs> nowadays it's actually good. kind of the the um, exception to the rule if there's like a bad child actor in your movie where you, see, like, you just kind of accepted that children were going to be bad in the movie when they were in it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I hate all children equally. Sean and Mitch, how can people find you online if they want to keep in contact with what you are doing? Go on, you know all the names. <laughs> uh, so YouTube, it's just Whack Chat. It's movie time. Uh, Twitter, it's uh, Whack Chat Podcast and Facebook, Whack Chat. And Instagram is Whack Chat underscore it's movie time. And that's the best way to find us. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend. I do love the fact that you have a YouTube channel as well. It's something that Dave and I have been trying to figure out how to do uh, kind it's of remotely worth here. It. But it's, it's, right? it's worth it, I think, because it's just so much fun. Second biggest search engine in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, if we did it live, too, we could probably take like people like texting us stuff and like that, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah while we're watching a movie. They could yeah. just send me puke face emojis when we watch this piece of crap again. <laughs> Actually, like Metacritic, we'll get half, right? Like there'll well, be one stream a, hearts, one stream like puking faces. And yeah. da I'd love to know what Dave's favorite film of all time is. <laughs> oh, that's well, that's a hard. We one. Weirdly, weirdly, yeah. it's Blair Witch Two. It's in the <laughs> <laughs> it's actually yep. the reboot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Best best film of all time of ev any movie ever made. Yeah, what's your favorite yeah, movie? Your favorite. Probably Seven Samurai. Okay. Uh, so, by the way, can I just point out, can I just point out, I have not seen The Seven Samurai. I hate that I have to admit that. But I have seen The Blair Witch five times, <laughs> which is about the same runtime when you think about it. Yeah, actually, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, and then previously is probably one of the cuts of Blade Runner. Maybe the final yeah. cut. One okay. of, I can't remember. One of the yeah, five different movie. cuts of that movie. Yeah. I don't know. What about you guys? Like, what's a good rom-com? Like, give me your top and then I'll, I'll pipe up. I know, I know what yours is. Well, we just, we just recorded our um, favorite chick flicks. Yeah, we yeah. did. Uh, just, okay. My number one was Raising Helen. I've never heard of it. Misogynist. And, uh, my my number one was Miss Congeniality. Oh, yeah. Miss, Miss Congeniality <laughs> is a good one. I like that one. That's a good film. It's a good film. 
That's the. But yeah, obviously, just want to say thank you to you guys for obviously having us. And uh, it's weird being back in 1999. So <laughs> thanks for showing I us s- the way. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's <laughs> your fault for walking through floating mysterious doors. Well, if I see, if I manage to see a floating mysterious door that says the Matrix on it, I will happily step through it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Dave, can you can you grab a mop? I think we need to try and wipe this stuff off the walls, um, and especially that one that's over there that's just bleeding, just straight blood is streaming down the wall. If you could help me, you know, clean that up. I think I'm just gonna stand in this corner. You watch your tongue.